Welcome to another episode of Out the Rabbit Hole here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're also on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Robert Larson. This is our January 6th, 2011 edition of the show. First show here of 2011. Uh, yes, before we get fully underway, I have a couple of uh, quick reminders for you. Uh, we're getting underway here, about 4.10 on the clock here in Irvine, California. But yes, uh, those reminders. First of all, the opinions expressed on this uh, program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. And if you want to give me some feedback on the show, I always appreciate that. You can email me at rglarson at org. You can also catch me on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash R.G. Larson. And that was the music of Wayne Kramer we just heard there. I'm pleased to announce today that one of our most popular guests, Russ Baker, is back. He's uh, been with us twice before to discuss his book, Family of Secrets, The Bush Dynasty, America's Invisible Government, and the Hidden History of the Last 50 Years. This book's stunning revelations are the result of over five years of research documented with over 50 pages of footnotes. Today we're going to be discussing some topics in the uh, news as viewed through the lens of Family of Secrets and other investigative reporting that Russ has done. Russ Baker is an award-winning investigative journalist who has written for The New Yorker, Vanity Fair, The New York Times, The Nation, The Los Angeles Times, The Washington Post, the Village Voice, and Esquire. He's also served as a contributing editor to the Columbia Journalism Review. And Russ is the founder of WhoWhatWhy.com, a nonpartisan news website. West ba- uh, Russ Baker. I did that last time. Russ Baker, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be West. <laughs> throwing in that word there, website, and then it just, Wes kind of th- uh, flows right off of that. Got a good friend named Wes, too. But Russ Baker, Family of Secrets. Uh, yes, uh, the, um, uh, just, uh, we've, so much discussion has been, uh, has resulted from that book and your appearances on this show and elsewhere. And, and how are things going with that? Are you, is the excitement still there? Are you still selling a lot of books? You, people are still uh, wanting you at all kinds of events and this and that? It is. It's going really, really well, and we've we've discovered that that family of secrets has a really long tail. We're basically what we're doing is we're subverting the uh, traditional paradigms here. The uh, uh, a lot of mainstream media, a lot of the big shows, and what have you. We're just frankly terrified of the revelations in family of secrets, and so we were largely shut out, but. Thanks to uh, stations like Case UCI and shows like yours, Robert, uh, we are getting the word out bit by bit around the country, and we see a rising level of awareness. It's a kind of almost like a brush fire rebellion. It's very exciting. People are uh, telling other people, sending emails to them, posting on their Facebook, on their Twitter, and and it really shows that there are opportunities. Uh, to get the truth out there and to begin bit by bit to wrestle back uh, uh, our you know control over some of the levers of of, of, of our country 's government and that 's very exciting yeah and and those of you who have not read family of secrets the, <laughs> the, the, this book re- will 
really blow you away. And even if you've looked into a lot of these things, the history of the Bush family and the CIA and the American intelligence establishment, you, you are really going to be shocked. Uh, many things you maybe have heard rumored here and there, but what Russ has done in Family of Secrets is fully documented these things, and he's got people and uh, places, names, and, and it's where this... This information cannot be denied. The, the Bush family and their uh, involvement with so many corrupt activities and their creating of uh, false narratives about who they are. And, uh, you know, I don't want to go over all of what we've covered in, in the past uh, two shows here, Russ, but if you could kind of maybe put something out there to make sure people understand what it is that is different about Family of Secrets. Uh, sure. For, yeah. Well, let me just take a new angle on this. Um, there's a book that, that I'm looking at right now uh, uh, by a guy named Fletcher Prouty. Um, he, was a, he was the liaison between the CIA and the Pentagon uh, from the 1950s to the 1960s, a, a very uh, important period in terms of the, uh, the development of much of the covert operations and meddling uh, uh, that became a mainstay of the uh, national security state. And uh, so he was in a very, very high position. And he wrote a book, and he talked about what he called the secret team. And this was about how the ship of state, as he saw it from his right there in that vantage point, was being steered by people we'd never heard of, that there were people working together inside the government and outside the government who were basically influencing policies in ways that actually even the president himself couldn't see. And, and it's interesting to me because he wrote that book back in the 70s, and here it is 30-some years later, and I entirely separately have sort of come to the same conclusion simply by following fact trails. And, you know, I, I, as you know, I began my research for Family of Secrets just simply wondering what we could learn about the just the staggering fact that someone as improbable as George W. Bush could become the most powerful person in the world, A, and then B, carry out this very radical uh, agenda of his domestically on everything from civil liberties uh, uh, to uh, the proper regulatory role of government uh, to internationally where he unleashed uh, all of these demons and uh, created this sort of perpetual state of war. And so I simply wanted to know what was this about? Was there something we had missed about how this was permitted and even encouraged to happen? And so my research, Family of Secrets, and then my ongoing interest is about what is it between, what is that gap between what the public wants and what the public gets? How, how in what is purported to be a democracy does this happen? How, how come so many desired outcomes uh, are foiled? And so that's really family of secrets uh, uh, purports to be about the Bush family, and indeed it is. But it's that story we never got. It's that story we never got about him, about his father, about his grandfather, about these continuities. And by the way, those continuities are very much there. Not only is, is, is Robert Gates, uh, who was the uh, CIA director under El the Elder Bush presidency, uh, then ran the Elder Bush's uh, library, uh, presidential library, then was picked up by the younger Bush as his uh, defense secretary, and then kept 
by the opposing parties, Barack Obama as defense secretary. But now, for example, today they announced uh, the uh, the new uh, chief of staff of President Obama is uh, uh, is Bill Daley out of the Chicago machine. Uh, now you could say, well, okay, that's the Democratic thing. But the reality is, Bill Daley is the chair of these uh, of the. Uh, uh, um, uh, of the, um, I'm trying to think what the right term for this would be. The what do they call this? Well, it's he he, he works for uh, he works for J P Morgan Chase Bank, and he's the head of their Midwest operations. Uh, but but J P Morgan Chase it comes out of the the Rockefeller family, and you know so do so many of these presidencies. Uh, Barack Obama was groomed by this kind of uh, Council on Foreign Relations sort of trilateral kind of group. Um, that that chase the big bankers uh, uh, the Rockefeller is very much part of uh, Jimmy Carter was groomed by the same people and uh, they installed his uh, they had architect of his foreign policies a big new Brzezinski who who was a Rockefeller guy and Nixon uh, also groomed that way and his guy uh, Henry Kissinger also an employee uh, of the Rockefellers and so you see these continuities where where banking interests. Uh, have the whole thing sewn up. And, uh, of course, there are differences. There's no question that there are differences. It's not like everybody's marching to the same drummer exactly. Uh, and, and big differences in certain areas, certainly Barack Obama's appointments in many, many domestic categories, quite, quite different. But when it comes to the big stake stuff, which is the Federal Reserve, the Treasury, the economy, uh, taxation, uh, uh, strategic interests, uh, foreign uh, holdings of uh, natural resources and the extraction of those, uh, war making and so forth. And on those really big issues, the things that really matter to powerful interests, there's a tremendous similarity. And so that's really my ongoing interest. And that's also, I think, the, the theme of Family of Secrets is that what I'm doing is I'm actually sketching out how this operates, how this operated behind the scenes over all of these years. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. And so you take someone like Jimmy Carter or or Barack Obama, who, in in some ways, on, on you know a lot of domestic policy has quite a different agenda than the Republicans, and uh, the foreign policy might appear a little different. But their their ties to the banking establishment it's it's all the same. Anybody who gets into the White House, they all have very close ties to the the banking establishment. Right, and the interesting thing is that I mean, speaking, I think looking at it from an objective standpoint, we see the uh, uh, what banks do to us as individuals. We see what banks do to the economy. We see the gaming. We see the. Uh, uh, you know the the, tr- the greed. Uh, we see the the selfishness. We see the irresponsibility, and yet we never manage to do anything. It's it's just too big for us. It, not since Fra- Franklin Roosevelt did anyone really tackle these interests. John Kennedy started messing with some of them, uh, and and as you know, of course, in Family of Secrets, it's not just about the Bushes; it's about what happened to presidents who messed with them. A lot of the presidents, because they're not totally controlled by these people, they 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 try in their own way to wriggle free. And so uh, I have those four chapters in Family of 
secrets about John F. Kennedy and his struggles with the uh, uh, with with the uh, the military contractors, with the uh, steel industry, uh, with 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 the uh, oil industry, and so on. And paradoxically, then you look at the Republicans and Richard Nixon, who is basically owned and controlled by these interests. And one of the many revelations, as you know, in Family of Secrets, is that Richard Nixon was actually beholden specifically to a group of bankers around the Bush family, going all the way back to the beginning of his uh, career running for the House of Representatives from California. That had never been reported before. That's very important. But then he starts resisting them, and he starts fighting back against uh, this kind of shadow government. And what we see is that he ends up getting set up and essentially framed uh, for this for this Watergate thing, that, that a, a bunch of CIA operatives inside the White House uh, are basically concocting this thing and laying it at his doorstep. It's a staggering story, something I never knew about, couldn't see, until I began uh, connecting this fact trail. Uh, but very, very interesting. And so we see these things again and again. We see when we go back and we look, Eisenhower, uh, handpicked by these people, handpicked by Prescott Bush, the banker in his circle. Uh, and then, you know, he gets in there, and, he, you know, he's doing their bidding to some extent, but he's also fighting them wherever he can. And as he's leaving, he decides to give them a good, a, a good thumping, and he gives this amazing, still remarkable speech in the annals of, of, of speechifying, uh, the, uh, talking about this, uh, this, what he labels a military-industrial complex. Uh, and, then, and then Harry Truman, a couple of years later, former President Harry Truman comes out with this astonishing op-ed in the Washington Post that almost no one's ever heard of, where he writes, you know, hey, the CIA is out of control. I'm the guy who signed the, the, the bill creating it, and, you know, I never authorized them to get involved with all of this, uh, this covert activity stuff. They were supposed to be collecting intelligence. And so we begin to see these sort of pleas for help from all these guys. And I, I think it's the same thing with Obama. Probably not a bad guy, probably doing the right thing. But, I mean, on his way up and all the way along, he's, he's selling his soul, you know, bit by bit to the devil. And, and he's kind of screwed because uh, how, how can you resist a force like this? Yeah, it's almost like there's no way out. And uh, you, since this has been in place, it, you know, here's the two people who really tried to establish any sort of independence from this, Kennedy and Nixon, it did not end well at all for... for uh, either one of them, and you very clearly document in the book that people who stood to lose from the actions they were trying to take, that their names came up in connection with the demise of uh, both presidents. And some very um, um, damning uh, evidence there, which probably nothing will ever be done about, at least in the foreseeable future, but I, I think you document that quite well. It's interesting that there are there there are actually many many more examples that uh, we're we're not talking about. People are not aware of just odd situations uh, when problems begin to befall presidents. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm not saying that there is necessarily more to this, but if you look at it, even just from a st statistical standpoint, that the scandals that befall leaders tend to befall political leaders either on their way up or at the top who begin messing with this this sort of dominant paradigm uh... if you look at let's say presidential candidates who encounter scandal uh... who are they gary hart a leading critic of the cia uh... uh... you saw um, uh... john edwards a leading critic of the wealthy 
Um, and there are, you know, example after example. Uh, Ted Kennedy, uh, 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 you know, the 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 heir to the to the uh, to the Kennedy throne, uh, and the person who wanted to continue that that particular fight, uh, um, you know, um, marginalized through this this incident at Chappaquiddick, which, by the way, we think we know what happened there, but we don't. And if you start digging into it and you start really researching, you find out that all of these things are extremely murky. And that's the reason, by the way, that he never went to jail for that. The whole thing was very, very murky. He said uh, he didn't remember doing any of those things, and, in fact, we don't know that he actually did. I mean, they're, they're very, a lot of these things look to be very elaborate stage sets. And, and of course, the, the reaction we first have is, well, come on, that's, that's absurd. I mean, what are you suggesting? But that's to deny the existence of these giant enterprises that are funded with our tax dollars to do exactly those kind of things purportedly only on foreign soil. Right, so we're just probably being naive to think that they don't ever bring these operations around onto us. And I also think you mentioned all those people that kind of were knocked off by weird little scandals. I thought the... the sort of contrived implosion of the Howard Dean campaign seemed a little weird to me as well. That he seemed well, that's to, right. There's yeah. another one. How is it that 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 all of these people who 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 have that those kind of populist instincts and who are really uh, resonating well with the populace that these things just take them off off of the board and 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 they're always replaced i mean you look at a dean is replaced by a more mediocre john Kerry, who uh... you know whatever you want to say about him I mean, he comes out of the same secret society as george bush um, uh... you know uh... gary hart uh... replaced by a more mediocre and ultimately more easily defeatable uh... michael dukakis um, you know on and on you see this same pattern uh... Uh, you know, a, a Ted Kennedy. Uh, instead of a Ted Kennedy, you end up with people like a Jimmy Carter, uh, a, a a Southern governor who knew really nothing about the world. I mean, nothing about foreign policy, and so on. He was totally at the mercy, of nothing about uh, monetary and economic policy, and totally at the mercy of these powerful interests. That's what they do, you know. So then, then when suddenly they're the the fair-haired boy, they've they've got to put a team together. They need advisors, and then later they need a transition team. Well, where are you going to turn? You turn to the quote unquote experts and you're not going to take a risk and start going you'd have to have an awful lot of confidence to scour the country for really brilliant uh, people with a with a uh, with a totally fresh and contrary viewpoint who would speak boldly and and go after the banks and the various combines and monopolies and semi-monopolies i mean it's that would be extraordinary and in fact it took a franklin roosevelt a guy who was uh, of the manor born, who was from that class, who knew all of these people and knew exactly how they operated. And, you know, I love to read from this uh, quote I have in Family of Secrets, uh, the beginning of Chapter 1. Uh, this is from a letter uh, Franklin D. Rosen- Roosevelt wrote to uh, Edward House, who had been uh, basically the political mentor and chief advisor to Woodrow Wilson. And Ro- Roosevelt writes this in November 1933, uh, the, uh, before the end of his first year in the White House, and he writes, The real truth of the matter is, as you and I know, that a financial element in the larger centers has owned the government ever since the days of Andrew Jackson. And that's extraordinary. And, of course, he's saying, you know, this is being said back in 1933 about things that happened a century earlier. Uh, and now we are, what, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, 80 years later almost, 
And uh, we have to go all the way back to Frank, Franklin Roosevelt to find somebody who was willing to speak about these things. Yeah, well, he, and as you say, he was of that class, and so that makes it different. He's not sort of at the mercy of people who know uh, how the, all that stuff works. He's connected with those people, and to an, a certain extent, uh, uh, Kennedy, in, which allowed him to have the sort of uh, uh, courage to, to do what he did, but, um, you know, he went a little too far, probably, uh, from their uh, um, vantage point. And yeah, I mean, I mean, the Kennedys, to some extent, thought and were, were, were partially correct that they were protected because they had an extremely wealthy uh, rascal of a father uh, who could go up against these other guys, the best of them. And, in fact, the father himself, politically, uh, you know, was a great supporter of, of, of Senator Joe McCarthy and so forth. <laughs> uh, but he also, you know, loved his sons, and he, and he, and he was protecting them uh, up to a point. And, and so they, they felt they were able to do these things. As, as you say, the same thing with Franklin Roosevelt. The same thing, to some extent, with Teddy Roosevelt. After he got out of the White House, you know, he became more radical. Uh, and then, you know, with his third-party candidacy for the presidency, where he really began going after these powerful interests. So, so we see that that at some point in the game, these guys realize how it's played. Um, and of course, with a fellow like Obama, who kind of comes out of nowhere, has. Uh, little more experience actually than you or I might uh, in 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 governance because he came up so fast uh, you know where does he get his uh, where would he get his courage from where would he get his 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 uh, savoir faire of how uh, you know how the system operates right you're always in a sort of one down position to these people that are all involved with that world for their uh, you know their whole lives and you got to try to uh, you you're at their mercy same thing in the in the military is if you've never been in the military it's kind of weird to be the commander in chief and be just really independent and tell these uh, commanders these generals how things are going to be uh you <clears throat> you are the commander in chief but to take a real independent stance is hard when you have no real background in the military. Uh, would you not agree with that? Absolutely. And in fact, I mean, one of the themes running through Family of Secrets is is about this kind of tug of war, you know, and these questions, what is the military? What is the national security state? What is the CIA? What are their, uh, what are their uh, ambitions and their prerogatives? And, and, you know, then there are all these sub-Rosa relationships, for example, uh, it turns out increasingly that the CIA, uh, the, 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 the Pentagon itself, is very much under the thumb uh, of others. They're under the thumb of these powerful uh, um, military contractors uh, for, for many different reasons, one of which, quite simply, is that that's where they go uh, when they retire at a fairly young age. That's where they go to bring in... Uh, uh, a substantial uh, uh, income, uh, an enhancement in their lifestyle, and a, and a very, very comfortable retirement. Almost all of them go to work for these companies. So it's, it's pretty clear what you're going to do when you're in the position to, uh, to create uh, uh, reasons to keep on spending uh, half of all of our you know, tax dollars on military stuff. The, the incentive is extremely strong to do that. And there is 
no incentive not to do that. In fact, it's quite dangerous to buck your colleagues and go that way. So we see that. And then we see uh, other things going on where it actually turns out that, uh, you know, the military has factions. There are a lot of people in the military who are actually seconded uh, over covertly to the CIA or actually their salaries are paid by the CIA. So all of these different strings uh, are being pulled, and it, it, it becomes this very, very complex interweaved thing, self-reinforcing. By the way, here's a little story out of this uh, Prouty I was mentioning. Uh, he describes how uh, when 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 McNamara when 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 Kennedy was killed and Johnson came in, uh, Johnson was sort of led by the nose on uh, toward toward the escalation of Vietnam. That that uh, even Johnson may not have seen what was going on. So, for example, he's told you ought to send McNamara over to do fact-finding in Vietnam. And he says, yeah, sure. I mean, what's he going to say? He sends him over there. And then McNamara sends back this report uh, basically showing the need to escalate. But what Johnson doesn't realize is that that report McNamara sent, A, was not written by McNamara. B, was not written in Saigon. It was written uh, in Washington. And C, was written before McNamara ever left on his trip. Yeah. It's uh, analogous to uh, corporations often writing a lot of legislation that uh, goes through Congress, and uh, it's <laughs> people who have something to gain who are the ones supposed to be regulated are actually um, doing the uh, calling the shots. This is out it's, the rabbit hole. It's out in the open now, Robert. This the new chairman of the uh, House uh, Oversight and Reform Committee, uh, Daryl Issa, actually sent out a letter to 100 and, I don't know, 150 corporations or something, asking them what it is they would like to uh, have the government stop regulating them on. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, the, the parallel would be, uh, you know, does the police department uh, ask people, what would you like us uh, not to pursue you for? What, what <laughs> things would you like to get away with? <laughs> well, yeah, right I, out in the open. I read that in the uh, front page story today in my local newspaper, and it, it, it reported it as if that wasn't bizarre and then that that there wasn't anything ironic or hypocritical about that and just oh yeah and, and you know corporations just tell us what you want us to do uh so yeah really uh upsetting this is out the rabbit hole kuci and irvine robert larson here speaking with russ baker we're talking about his work uh, most notably family of secrets the bush dynasty america's invisible government and the hidden history of the last 50 years a powerful book and uh, russ has a website uh to promote uh independent and fearless investigative uh journalism and that is who, what, why, dot com. Anything else you want to make sure we know about today, Russ? Uh, well, you know, if, if folks like Family of Secrets and they want to be part of our brush fire rebellion of uh, resisting the censors and getting this information out, they can go to our website, familyofsecrets.com. You can click there. We, we made this kind of cool short video, a five-minute video, uh, where I sort of, you see me sort of in a kind of a mock debate with George Bush about our two books and which one is right, and uh, and, and then people can sort of forward that to other folks. Uh, they can click there and order the book, get more information. Yeah, that, that video was great. I, <laughs> I I hadn't seen it uh, the last time we talked, and then I went and watched it. It was really, really well done and uh, entertaining and informative and a little bit frightening, which uh, yeah, yeah. It, it should be, the, the stuff that's being discussed here. So l let's bring this up to the present day. Um, over the last uh, several weeks, WikiLeaks and Julian Assange have been pretty heavily in the news. 
I'd like to get your take on all this. You know, is what Licky, uh, WikiLeaks uh, has done significant? Is the reaction from the government and the pundits uh, surprising? You know, there's so much noise out there, and there's so much uh, uh, obstreperous opinion uh, on both sides of this thing that it's 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 just deafening, and and it is it is something that really makes me want to just take a deep breath. Um, there are there are several things I think that 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 can be said with certainty about the situation. One is this: the government way overclassifies things. And even stuff about Lincoln's assassination you still cannot get access to. Uh, clearly there is no national interest in keeping most of those things bottled up. Uh, we do need to know much more about what is going on. Now, at the same time, obviously everyone, I don't care who they are, and whatever they do, every individual and every institution would like some privacy and would like not to have every single thing they do uh, held up to the public light. And so even if you work in government, uh, if you're a diplomat and you're communicating, you can't possibly do your job if everything that you do and say is immediately publicized. So these are these are complexities uh, and subtleties there. Now a third thing is that is that the the actuality of what uh, WikiLeaks represents has not been uh, I think highlighted. What we're really looking at is we are looking at essentially an individual uh, with some supporters uh, who basically invited people to bring him their jewels and then he would put them on display. And that is really the totality of what we're looking at. It, you know, the argument about whether or not they're journalists and so forth. I mean, this is part of the degradation of journalism itself. The 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 notion that anybody who has a publishing platform is, by definition, a journalist is something of a problem to me. And and I think it reflects this this greater ill that there is so little deep digging. Uh, this is why I started whowhatwhy.com. This is why Family of Secrets, uh, what began as a sort of an innocent inquiry, evolved into this mind-boggling, entirely new history of this country. Because we, you know, and, and, and the reason these things become controversial, the reason they stand out, the reason that they get suppressed to some extent, is because there's not enough of it. And so uh, it, it, here we have a situation, ironically, where the, uh, the, the only people who are really adding anything to this discussion are people who are not actually doing journalism but are simply saying what the heck we're just going to let we're just going to put it all out there mm-hmm. and and you know there are good points about it there are bad points about it i i think we need to start defining the the terms we need to start defining the parameters and we need to start being more precise about exactly what is going on y- yeah so i yeah i always thought it was a little bizarre that people were referring to Julian Assange as, as a journalist, and it just seems to me that, yeah, this information was just sort of being dumped out there and uh, kind of willy-nilly, and some of it probably not a good idea to be out there, but um, much of it is probably, I, I would say, in the national interest for us to know about uh, because we're being lied to, and uh, that uh, much of those lies are told on behalf of these same interests that you talk about, these uh, corporate, banking, military, industrial, intelligence sort of axis. And uh, uh, so I think 
much of what has come out with these uh, WikiLeaks is uh, are is just really embarrassing. It's embarrassing, but the problem with it is that is that you cannot assume that because a piece of paper uh, that you see a piece of paper that you know what it means. Mm-hmm. And you see, even a lot of these things are written by people who are putting out false stories, who are covering their behinds, uh, who are giving an explanation to a superior or another office that they expect that they want to hear, uh, that they're required to say in a certain way. And so, in other words, they're, they're, we may think we're getting more clarity, more information, and we may be actually being deceived further. And this is the danger of just the raw documents being floated out there without people getting the benefit of a kind of an informed guide, if you will. Um, you know, it's just like, I don't know about you, but, I mean, if you wander into some situation in some other country or something, and you don't speak the language, you don't really know what's going on, it's kind of dangerous for you to go back and sum up what you saw and heard. Right. Uh, and you want, you know, you want a guide, you want uh, a translation, and you want to maybe do some reading, get some perspective to understand what it is that you're dealing with. So I, I think what you're saying is that a lot of this information that's dumped out there it, it may be actual, real uh surface level is true type of documents others may be these cover stories that uh intelligence agencies and uh, diplomatic uh figures create to cover what they're doing for very uh legitimate reasons and, and well that's right or we or we don't know why somebody even if a, if a memo just refers to something that somebody did or somebody was asked to do or was asking someone else to do we don't know why they were asking them to do that um, it may be it may be quite the opposite or, or the fact that we're so for example let's say this document that uh, uh, basically sort of references a Hillary Clinton sense that that the uh, the president of Argentina has some sort of uh, psychological, emotional, medical, uh, 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 mental issues. Uh, now, you know, what, what you put that out publicly, now what do you do with that? You know, does that make Hillary Clinton look bad? Does she look petty? Uh, does she look two-faced that she doesn't maybe uh, bring these issues up with that leader? Uh, and how does that impact the U- U.S.'s ability to have any kind of relationship with Argentina? How does the Arge- average Argentinian react knowing that this, uh, was being discussed internally in the United States. I mean, a lot of this does create a kind of an anarchy without an obvious uh, salutary effect. So, so my position as a journalist is I want disclosure, I want stuff out there, but I do understand, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a little bit like, uh, uh, you know, practicing law or medicine without a license. Um, sure, surely uh, anybody uh, who knows a lot about health can be helpful to other people. Certainly there are a lot of people who didn't go to law school or didn't pass the bar who, who understand elements of jurisprudence, but still there is a reason that we look to some sort of uh, system to kind of uh, vet and mediate things on our behalf. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, you mentioned to me in an email that uh, that your work has got you looking deeper into the issues of, of secrecy, image, and, and propaganda. Can you talk a little bit about that, about where you've been going with all that? Yeah, I mean, 
it, it, it goes back to my work on Family of Secrets. You know, I, I, I worked for five years on this book, and the first couple of years I really didn't find much at all. Uh, I, if there was going to be a book, it wasn't going to be terribly interesting. And then I sort of uh, it referenced the title of your show. I sort of, you know, went down this kind of rabbit's hole uh, where I started seeing a whole other, uh, a whole other level of operation uh, in the government that I was not aware of, uh, and in and in the greater society, and so um, my commitment is to kind of continue learning and then sharing what I learn. And so I think there's going to be another book at some point. Uh, unfortunately, I just don't have the time to uh, devote all of my energies to it. And, and if I did, I'd be able to get it done faster. But it involves a tremendous amount of very broad sort of reading for context. Uh, interviewing a lot of people, looking for documents, connecting dots. Uh, but, but with who, what, why, we're also trying to, it, unfortunately, it all depends on whether we can raise money from the public. We really need thousands of people to go to the site and click and sign up to, to you know, they say, hey, I can give 10 bucks a month or 20 bucks a month to these people so that we can hire up, train, and supervise the staff to go and start looking at, uh, you know, money in politics. What's, what's the story behind this tremendous surge of, secretive money that went into the GOP that influenced the elections? What's the story behind uh, uh, seemingly popular movements that turn out to, to, that there's more behind it and that the effects of these uprisings is to benefit a small number of people? Uh, uh, why is it that, that, that uh, uh, it's so difficult to do anything about uh, such fundamentally important things as the survival uh, of the human race. I mean, with, 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 with climate change, with population and resource issues in the forefront, the, the, the paralysis has never been properly explained to me. The distraction we have with all these little scandals, you may remember the so-called climate gate, mm-hmm. uh, which turned out to be a tempest in a teapot, but it, but that, and yet a huge number of people in this country, and I get emails almost every day, and they say, why don't you look into the fraud called climate change, right, you know? Right. Uh, uh, people really uh, uh, led, you know, down the garden path. Who's doing this and why, uh, and how do they do it? Um, how is it that the public is so manipulated? How is it the public is con- uh, continuously put in a state of almost kind of mass depression where our, our, our response is not to sort of get involved, find out more information and solve things, but we, we instead flee into more and more, you know, self-doping in the form of fantasy from, from uh, you know, professional wrestling uh, <laughs> to... To, to substances, you know, uh, mind-altering substances, to, to, to this, this explosion of so-called reality TV, yeah. which has no reality to it, to, <laughs> to, to our finding solace in the, uh, the, 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 the royal fantasies, on the one hand, of, of the celebrities, to the enjoying the misfortune of others as propagated by the, uh, you know, from the sort of, you know, uh, Oprah, Jerry Springer type, type. You know, uh, uh, you know, bread and circuses type thing. To, uh, to, to the the, the, the tell alls and how how far they fell and so forth. So, uh, you know, we've got really, really serious problems. Uh, uh, the the very fabric of our society uh, is 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 badly tattered. Things are getting worse. I can just imagine people listening, thinking, "I'm going to turn this off. I'm going to go <laughs> medicate." But, but my point is not that 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 
you should despair. My, my point is that it's really actually pretty easy to start turning things around. Um, if, you, if you study historically, most of the good things, almost all the good things that have happened in history, they happened because one person said enough and began doing something. And either that one person came up with something that in itself was so profound that it began an immediate shift, or more likely, people began in small ways uh, signs of dissent. You know, you 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 see around the world um, uh, the, the 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 mothers who uh, would go into the square, you know, in in Buenos Aires, yeah. and and you know just bang on pots because they weren't allowed to hold up signs or say anything. But they they the government couldn't stop them from banging on pots, and so one started banging and another and another, and and this this din grew. Uh, there are countless examples of this, and now with the internet, it's easier than ever. You can just sit at home and just click, uh, just forward emails, just just write somebody a note, just post something on your Facebook or your Twitter or whatever it is, and just say, hey, I heard this really interesting thing. I read this really interesting book. Did you know this? And as you begin educating yourself and other people, uh, things begin turning around. It's, it's, it's surprisingly easing, easy, and it's, it's actually a very enjoyable thing to do. And Family of Secrets is a good place to start, reading that. Family of Secrets, the Bush Dynasty, America's Invisible Government, and the Hidden History of the Last 50 Years. If this doesn't inspire you to take action, I don't know what will. And that's by Russ Baker, our guest today. Uh, Russ, um, I've sort of avoided asking you about this, but I heard a caller bring it up to you on another program, and and that is some of the weirdness surrounding the 9-11 attacks. Now, now I know some of the conspiracy theories about 9-11 are absurd and paranoid. At the same time, the, the half-assed job done by the 9-11 Commission can only lead people to be suspicious. You know, my feeling is that the Commission was at least covering up some serious incompetence and just plain embarrassing connections. Uh, is that how you see it, or do you see any indications of anything more? Well, there are a number of different issues here. First of all, uh, investigative commissions uh, appointed by the dominant paradigm uh, are not going to come up with some sort of a revolution. Okay, so uh, we we can never expect these commissions to really get to the bottom of things. And none of them ever have. Not the 9-11 Commission, not the Iraq Commission, not the, uh, not the uh, Iran-Contra, not the Warren Commission, not those panels looking into the bank scandal everybody now has forgotten, which was a huge one at one time called BCCI. Mm-hmm. None of these things do they ever... The, the people who always get in trouble are always the fall guys because they, you can't touch the big people behind them. So... So there's no incentive for these kind of commissions ever to really get to the bottom of things because they're, they're part of the system. They're part of the establishment. That's one thing. Uh, the second thing is that with these major events, uh, we almost never know the full and true story. We don't know that about anything. And, and I mean, I think that's one of the messages of Family of Secrets. How is it that after, uh, after 40 years I can come up with four chapters of entirely new fact trail on the assassination of President John F. Kennedy after hundreds of books have been written on the subject, after this extensive Warren Commission and the House Select Committee and on assassinations in the 70s. How is it that so much more is still out there that really uh, begins to fill in an entirely different picture? How is it that it turns out that, that, that George H.W. Bush had a secret life, that he had a double life all of these years, a man who became President of the United States? How is it that the real story of Richard Nixon's rise and fall was hidden from us? If that's the case, then I understand why people look at this this absolutely 
mind-boggling uh, event called 9-11, and they say, this can't be the whole story. And I'll tell you what, it ain't the whole story. But what the whole story is, I don't know. My problem is that I take an agnostic approach to everything. That's my problem, and I suppose it's also my strength. <laughs> it's what I do with Family of Secrets. It's what who, what, why is about. We're not, uh, we're not a partisan, but we're also not afraid to follow particular uh, trends. And if it happens that, uh, that uh, one party looks to be in a particular issue more sincere than the other, uh, uh, judging it by certain uh, uh, evidentiary things, and so be it. Uh, we're not trying to be uh, to treat everything as totally equal. That It, it isn't. Uh, it's a, you, you don't need to treat a labor union and a bank as totally equal. Uh, in some cases, a bank may be more righteous. And in many cases, labor unions and their purposes may be more defensible. Uh, but it's the same thing with these things. And so when I look at uh, something like 9-11, um, and, and I'm besieged constantly by people who demand uh, that I and we look into it. The problem is these people don't seem really to want to know what the real story is. They seem to have made up their minds as to what it is. Uh, and I know, because I've done this before, when I look into certain things and when there's a crowd that has made up its mind and I find something that doesn't cut their way, yeah. they get upset. Yeah. So, I, I would like to look into some things about 9-11, and at least let me put it this way. We, whatever the story is, whatever actually happened, it may be close to the uh, conventional media narrative, but there's a much deeper and more, um, uh, uh, more textured uh, narrative to be provided. Uh, how did this come about? Who were the people on the planes? Why, why were the planes not scrambled? Why was there a training exercise that day? Exactly how do these kind of buildings come down? How did this Building 7 come down if it wasn't hit by a plane? Uh, why were uh, Bush and Rumsfeld and Cheney acting the way they did that day? I mean, this is just simply good journalism to get the full narrative. And... Uh, and I'd love to do it. You know, I'd love to do it. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we can look into big things like that uh, until we have the resources because we're not, uh, none of us are <laughs> independently wealthy and we've got to, uh, we've got to meet our bills every week. But, but if, with, with, with public funding, I, I hope that we could look into all kinds of issues with, uh, with pieces of 9-11 uh, certainly being, being somewhere in the package. All right. Those of you who want to support that kind of journalism, it's who, what, why dot com and uh, they they can uh, make a donation there, right? Uh, absolutely, we won't guarantee uh, you know if, when, and how we will treat any particular issue, but we're we're certainly aware that. Uh, that uh, there are pieces of 9-11, as there are of many other stories, that are worthy of exploration. And I do think in the next few years, uh, when we're able and we're funded, we've got the time and the staff, that we would take a look at something about that story and drill down, you know, do what I call a soil sample. Take one thing like, let's say, just tell the story. What, what can be ascertained about that Building 7? You, you do know that from the report, they sort of threw up their hands and they said, we can't explain it. You know, we cannot explain it. There is no plausible explanation for that. Just like the House Select Committee on Assassination said, you know what, unlike the Warren Commission, we conclude a probable conspiracy in the assassination of President Kennedy. We're just throwing our hands up and saying we don't know how it worked. And so with, with those kind of invitations, we would certainly relish the opportunity to dig deeper. Another one that I would like to see further investigation done on is uh, uh, both of uh George W. Bush's presidential elections were tainted with credible accusations of electoral fraud, most notoriously in Florida in 2000 and Ohio in 2004. 
And is, is that something, given the funding, you would uh, be interested in further investigating? Well, sure. I mean, in 2004, I actually went to Ohio, uh, and and you see, this has got me in trouble with the people who who always yelled that that something was a setup. Uh, I I asked the people who were challenging the election to give me some examples that I could drill down into, and the things they gave me, I drilled into, and there was nothing there. And so they, of course, were furious at me. And you know, on the internet, you can find people bad mouthing me for mm-hmm. that. But in fact. Uh, I didn't go in with an agenda. I thought that there probably was something to it. It looked like there was. There, it smelled bad. But in those particular examples that these so- so-called experts cited, I didn't find anything. Uh, and and so yeah, I mean, I think election fraud. I think I, look, there are a lot of strange things going on. There's this guy uh, who who you know worked uh, 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 you know with the military and was worked for Bush, and he was found uh, uh, he was his bo- dead body in a dumpster. You know, people are wondering about that. People are wondering about this story now where, you know, all of these uh, uh, birds, you know, uh, uh, dropped to the ground in Arkansas, and there was a, another bizarre thing happened in Arkansas. You know, what, what are these things? They, they, some of them are just, are just completely random, just, just you know, just anomalies, uh, and probably a lot of them are, but, but probably not all of them are. And so, uh, yeah, that's what journalism should be doing. We should be probing into these things. And, and, and certainly if the public is curious about something, I don't see why we can't uh, uh, honor their wishes and, and, and dig a bit and tell them what we find. Well, Russ, I really appreciate your uh, your mission of agnosticism, which is something I also try to carry out here at uh, out the rabbit hole. And uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes these things we see people as bad guys, and we want to like pin things on them, but you have to you have to stick with the facts and only pin those things which you actually can. And uh, uh, yeah, again, family of secrets, the Bush dynasty, America's invisible government, and the hidden history of the last fifty years. Check this book out. Uh, Russ Baker, thanks so much for spending the time with us again today. Happy to do it anytime. Always enjoy talking to you. All right, Russ. Uh, have a great uh, evening. You too. Okay, yes, Russ Baker, Family of Secrets, The Bush Dynasty, America's Invisible Government, and the Hidden History of the Last 50 Years. Also check out his website, whowhatwhy.com. And we are out of time here on Out the Rabbit Hole. I'll remind you once more, the opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. And if you want to give me some feedback on the show, I always appreciate that. You can email me at rglarson.com at KUCI.org. So, yes, uh, this is Robert Larson at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine saying I'll be talking to you next week.